0: Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of The Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of tummy team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Welcome to
1: the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This episode, we are going to be interviewing a Tummy Team client, Vanessa, and she has done our Core Foundations program and reached out to us saying she really had a st- uh, wanted to share her story with us, and I'm excited to hear. I know very little about your story. I know that you um, had a diastasis. I know that you were struggling with back pain, and I know that the program was very
2: impactful to you. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell us all about you. Well, um, I'm actually a Canadian. I was born and raised in British Columbia, so not too far from Seattle. Nice? I love you know it. That? Did you know that <laughs> I grew up in British Columbia?
1: I lived in British Columbia from the time I was 10 till I went off to college in
2: Vernon, British Columbia. Oh, Vernon. Okay. I've been to Vernon. Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Um, Fort St. John. I'm way what? north.
1: Like oh, no, I know.
2: I know where yeah. that is. Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. I'm uh, an American, so- but I lived in Canada when I was a kid.
2: Okay, all right. I was a little reverse. I I was uh, born uh, of American citizens that lived there, okay. so I was a Canadian citizen by birth, and then I got my American citizenship when I went off to college in Alaska. So, um, that's kind of how I sort of transitioned from Canada to the United States. Um, I I lived um, on a ranch, um, so did a lot of very like backbreaking kind of labor. Um, uh, kind of the same in Alaska. It's very rough. Um, even as a college student, I, it was uh, close to Fairbanks. Um, and I lived there about five and a half years. And I actually got a degree in music, which is kind of funny. You said your son is a musician. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and then I moved to Ohio. Um, my father and mother were both born in Ohio in Amish country. Oh. Um, so they actually lived in Ohio, and my brothers lived in Ohio when I moved in 2006. So, um, I, I lived in that area for probably three or four years. Um, I played hockey. I was still very, very active. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been very strong, just how I was raised. And I'm, I'm like tall. I've always, you know, kind of been a kind of a workhorse kind of. Mm-hmm. So I always had like, you know, a lot of muscles. And, you know, um, I've just always been used to being very strong. Yeah. And it's kind of, it sounds like that's kind of part of
1: your identity that you were physically able to do the things you wanted to do. It's funny. I, I played hockey too. Total Canadian thing. right? Yeah. I, I can barely ice skate now. It's kind of oh. I like all the strength of my ankle. Um, but, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying is that you had a very physical upbringing and lifestyle and that was just part of your identity that you could yeah. rely on your body to be
2: strong yes yes that that and I never ever thought that would be taken away from me you know I just thought I'm going to always be active and strong and you know so I you know I moved to the Dayton area actually met my husband online he's from Dayton so that's how I ended up in in Dayton and I played hockey and coached for a little while I was a goalie so um, I coached little kids which I love doing that Um, and then I got married and and kind of as married life started happening then you know I sort of I got so busy with with jobs and stuff that I had to go you know kind of kind of set that aside and that sort of hurt I didn't really like that um because hockey I mean I I had skated since I was like two so it was very hard to kind of walk away from from that just because I loved it so much um but you know I I got I got uh, my first desk job, really, um, in 2009, and I, as I was kind of drifting away from that, I sort of, my health didn't do so well, you know, because, you know, I could work out, but it just, I didn't enjoy it, so I didn't want to do it. And it's different,
1: I think, working out, when you're, when, when your passion was related to a sport, which was fun, it was exercise, but it was fun working out's not quite the same. Working out starts to feel like a chore. Yeah. And but the game is what you missed. But you know, when when you have that kind of uh that kind of sport, it is pretty time consuming and it's hard to find that balance in your adult life and yeah. you know and and there's just a pull to do all this other stuff, you know? Yeah, and we kind of hindsight kind of regret it because I did the same thing with swimming. I swam through college. I was really, really um, competitive. Swam a ton, and then I went through grad school and I swam less. And then I got my first job and I had my baby and I swam a little bit, you know. And it wasn't until my youngest went um, into kindergarten that I started swimming competitively again on a little master swim team. And then I'm swimming with all these people that swam all through those other things, like they (laughs) swam when they were pregnant. They swam when they got their first job, and I was like, "Huh, I should have gotten <laughs> I think I needed a little break from swimming, but not that long. I took a long break, and I I in hindsight kind of regret it. Like, you know, where is? It feels like you have to be a grown up, and you can't do those things. But those yeah. things are part of what make you kind of this complete person. Yeah, you
2: know? it does. It's it's part of you, and you kind of feel like you kind of lost a part of you, you can kind of lose track of things. And, you know, I was getting close to, I, I didn't marry until I was almost 30. So, you know, I, I was kind of starting out on that a little later. And, um, I, you know, I, I got where I, I, because I hated working out, you know, I, you know, I started just gaining weight and just getting frustrated with that. I, I developed a thyroid problem, underactive thyroid, um, I was borderline, like wasn't diabetic, but I mean, I was close. So, mm-hmm. you know, my doctor was telling me, Hey, you, you've got to do something. So I did, mm-hmm. I mean, I took him seriously. I lost 50 pounds in less than a year. I mean, I, when I got to it, I got to it, but, um, probably two, maybe years after that, I'm hitting 35. Um, and, uh, you know, we wanted to start a family and I ended up kind of hitting a snag I didn't expect, um. I ended up having three miscarriages in the period of two years. So that, I mean, I completely abandoned, you know, exercise, self-care. I mean, you know, you just, you get so yeah. sort of entrenched in that emotional problem. That just and yeah. So yeah. I just, you know, I, I just, whatever. I I, I, do, you feel what like, I do
1: you feel like part of that time, and maybe you didn't notice it at the time, I've had five miscarriages myself. We have a lot of similarities in our story. Um, do you feel like maybe in hindsight you can see how the pain and just kind of the mental emotional component of that led you to kind of disconnect from your body at a whole nother level? Yeah. Yes.
2: Almost yeah. completely it just was just like I didn't I didn't like myself really. I didn't I didn't like what your body was like failing you.
1: Yes. Right? And this is something yes. that your whole life your whole life you've depend you've been able to rely on your body. And you know, and now you lost part of yourself in one way. You know, and now the thing that you never like—I don't think anybody thinks that they're going to have a problem getting pregnant. Like, right, you know, right. you, just, you know, the people get pregnant, pregnant. You know, all the time. <laughs> like, how is this happening? Yeah, right. it, it can be really hard. So you had the—you had those miscarriages. I'm so yep. sorry. Uh, and then yeah. the next step.
2: So the next step was um, I after the last miscarriage. Now the last miscarriage actually happened after I had gone through um, genetic testing and went through specialists, fertility specialists, et cetera. Um, so they had identified um, I had a blood clotting issue, um, you know, PCOS. I had a lot of things kind of counting against me. Um, I knew once I did get pregnant, I was going to have to take blood thinners. I was going to, have to take heparin for about 30 some weeks, um, up to 36 weeks. Um and the, the last miscarriage happened right after I got hit by a, a semi-truck in my car. And, you know, and that sort of, that was a whole nother trauma. And my body was a mess. Um, I didn't know I was pregnant at the time. And I lost the baby about um, maybe a month after that accident. So I, had, I was at right about like nine, ten weeks. Um, so with that, you know, it, I had to go through physical therapy. I had to go through a lot of chiropractic care. Um, so as, you know, I finally, about a year, not quite a year after that, um, I finally did get pregnant. Um, I, I went on my regimen. I knew I was going to have to go on a shot heparin. I, I ended up with, you know, a healthy boy, um, in June of 2016. And, um, I wanted like one more kid, at least I knew I was getting, you know, it's getting kind of up there. Um, so, uh, we decided to try Right before my son was going to turn one, well, I thought again this is going to take some time. We had some infertility issues, but again, pretty much right off the first, I got pregnant again. So it was they're really close. They were they're uh, like just under two years apart, like twenty one, twenty two months apart. Yeah, yeah, really. So my body was just like <laughs> okay. What did you different? have to do the heparin the second time as well? Oh yes. gosh, yeah. yeah, a lot That's of bruising, a lot of you know. And my body was not. You know, I mean, I was fairly recovered, you know, like like my health was was good. Um, I had lost I, I had only gained about eighteen pounds with my son. So I didn't, you know, have a lot of issues with blood sugar and weight gain. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I should be, you know, pretty much back to normal. It might be another four or five, six months before we get pregnant. Well, it wasn't, you know. So I'm like, oh shoot, I'm I'm pregnant a little faster than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> and then my daughter came along and it was at that time, after I had her in February of 2018, um, I realized there there was a problem. I had never heard of diastasis before, ever. I I thought, okay, I had only gained like maybe 20 pounds. Um, I was struggling to lose it. Um, I my 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 ab muscles were not engaging correctly. Um, I, I looked very pregnant, and I kept thinking, well, this will go away. I mean. I just need to go to the gym and work out. You know, that there's that thought like I'm going to do crunches, I'm going to do, mm, I'm going to do all the I'm going to hit the weights. I'm going to well, my back just got awful. I I could hardly move. I would sit in a chair for 5 minutes and go to stand up and I would I would be in so much pain. I couldn't stand. I, like it would take me 5 minutes to get out of the chair. Yeah.
1: Just get Which out of a chair. very old and it yeah.
2: derails your like
1: mentality of I could just power through and get strong cuz this is how I this is right. how my
2: body works. But now you're like, Oh, that's not working for this body. Right? right. It wasn't my back pain got worse. Cause of course I'm not understanding. You can't plank, you can't do that stuff when you have the weight, you know, pushing. And fortunately I had an amazing chiropractor who she was the one that name dropped you. She's like, mm-hmm. well, you, you know, she felt, she's like, you have very bad diastasis. I'm like, what is that? It's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And she started explaining, she said, you need, you need to go online. You need to check out the tummy team. She said that she had actually done core foundations. She'd had like three or four kids and she was in like great shape. I would have never guessed she had any diastasis issues. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm thinking, okay, I'm almost a year, this was almost a year later. And I was, I was severe. I mean, I just, I just felt like an old woman. And, you know, again, the self-image thing, the self-esteem, it just goes away completely. Not, I just, to mention, not to mention you have two little kids that you're caring for, which yeah.
1: I, I, think, I think our society underestimates the physical demands of motherhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is no joke what we have to do, bending over and lifting and, and nursing and changing diapers and chasing kids around and everything mm-hmm. at like two feet off the ground, right? So everything yep. bent over. You're bent way over. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's, it's relentless. It's not, and you're often doing it, um, sleep deprived, you yes. know, poor nutrition. Cause we have no time to even think about making something other than right. the easiest possible thing I can get done. You know, there's just a lot going on and it's hard for your body to work, you know, in its optimal health in those situations. Right. And then <laughs> you've got all this other stuff, this pain. And yeah,
2: I, I hear you. It's yeah. hard. I, I had just, I didn't see that coming at all because I've always been strong, you know, I mean, I, I can power through things. So, you know, I, 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 looked, I looked at it and I thought, you know, I, I really need to do this. Um, my sister was getting married, um, at last summer or summer a year ago and, um, I was going to be in the wedding and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fly all the way. She lives in British Columbia. So I, I it was going to be like a 12 hours of flying with two little kids, and I thought, I can't lift. I could barely lift, you know, my one-year-old daughter. Um, she was so just busy all the time. And I just, you know, I just felt like I, I couldn't do it. So, you know, I talked to my husband. And I'm like, hey, you know, I know that there's some money involved here, but, you know, my my chiropractor was amazing and she's never steered me wrong on anything. So, you know, I said, I need to get some help because I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm nothing. I just feel like a limp dish rag all the time. So he said, do it, go start, you know. Um, And it just, you know, I I started and I thought breathing, like, what's that going to do? You know, sitting up like there's a, I'm like, okay, this sounds like so easy. Like, how can this work? Like, but it, it took less than a week of just doing the breathing, doing the sitting up, you know, I'm like, what? Like, my back my back pain started going away, and I of course I stopped working out you know, stop doing things that are going to you know, kill my, my abdomen. And I have, so I started, I think I had four, at least four or five fingers wide in the middle and probably three on the top, three on the bottom. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was significant. Um, yeah. And I had two C-sections, both kids were C-sections. Okay. Oh, so, so you had
1: good, yeah, additional trauma of that. With your
2: miscarriages, did you have to do DNCs? I had one. My first one was a DNC because it was I was 15 weeks. I was into my second trimester. Yeah. And then the other one was spontaneous, and the other one I had to have methotrexate shots because I had a um an ectopic pregnancy on the third one after the accident. So I mean, you know, after all of that, a lot
1: of trauma to your core. That's a lot of trauma to your
2: core. And it's
1: funny that you said that because I I know there's times when I'm face to face with a client and in that first session, and they tell me their story and all the things they've tried and all the stuff that's going on. And in the first session, I basically teach them, you know, the anatomy of their abdominals, where their transverse is, why that muscle is important. I teach them how to sit up well, how to breathe to engage the muscle and, uh, to rub their belly a little bit. And honestly, the look in people's eyes are like, are you kidding me? Are you telling (laughs) me? That you are going to tell me to sit, breathe, and rub my belly, and I'm going to feel better. And I, I I see them looking at me, but yet when I walk them through it, they instinctively go, Oh, this is already feeling better. I cannot believe that this is what like this is. Yep. And it, it's simpler than people need think. And it's, but it's, it's so, it's just missed. It's overlooked. We jump ahead to these plank challenges, you yep. know, to these you know, extreme boot camps, you know, and we're missing the foundation of how our body was designed to function and we have to heal and get that foundation. And then we can do a lot of fun stuff, but this is doable. Right. And so intuitively in your body, you could tell things you, did you have some hope?
2: Yes. Yes. When I first started, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. This just seems way too simple and way too easy. How could this possibly you know, relieve the pain and start to close, you know, it was, and it was a deep, it's a very deep diastasis. Like I feel like my guts, like when I pushed down, so it was bad. Um, But yes, I mean the breathing and even like, you know, even the tummy rubbing, I'm like, this isn't going to work, but I could feel, um, you know, I could, I just, I just felt like my back start to ease the, the pain, just that constant pulling just felt like everything was so pulled out of shape.
1: Did you start to, when we started to
2: explain how most of your pain
1: is likely compensation pain, it's muscles trying to do a job because you have this other muscle, this deflated corset that's not doing its job. So you have all these other muscles that are trying to help you, um, but are doing jobs that they're not their first job, right? And so they're gripping yep. and unholding and they're desperate. And when I started kind of educating you that, about that
2: in the program did that kind of ring a bell you're like oh that's
0: that's yes, that yes like- it made sense
2: i'm like that's why my back and shoulders are tense up above because they're trying to pull into everything hurt you know and then and then my, my backs of my legs like down my hamstrings you know because you're, you're trying to bend without like you know killing yourself so i it just made sense how everything i had headaches a lot you know just mm-hmm. from tension it's from all my muscles pulling trying everything to pull away hurt. yep so what I think is interesting
1: is so many of my clients in the beginning are very emotional about how their body has been failing them. And as we go through the education pro- process of the course, because I'm really passionate about you understanding why you're doing what you're doing, right? I don't want you just right. blindly follow along with what I'm telling you. I want you to understand and be a, a an owner of this body that is like your forever home. It's, you know, this right. is. This is the only car you get to drive your whole life. Let's, let's figure this out. Right. So, and it shouldn't be this privileged information only for, you know, a couple of key physicians and therapists, you should know this information. So I think what's, what is very interesting for me is when people get to the point where they actually recognize how much, even though they were in pain and even though there was all this seemingly dysfunction, how much their body had been fighting to hold them together. Yeah. It actually wasn't failing them. It actually was miraculously holding them together with, against all odds, giving you two babies, you know, helping you recover, even though you're in pain, it didn't fail you. It was, you know, you didn't really understand what it needed to be successful. And then as you get more of those tools, your body responds, it's like, Oh, thank
2: goodness. I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes yeah it was um and then I think the, the the next sort of big thing was when you went through like so my my c-section scars you were talking about the scars I have I was numb basically from just under my navel all the way down to the scar um nerve endings were dead I again I didn't make that connection like okay massage might seem like it's not a big deal or a big thing but blood has to get in there and you have you know to get the muscles re-engaged to get the nerves re-engaged and it just started clicking like every everything you're saying about that i'm like i, I can't believe you know and i started uh, i had a lot of sensitivity on the scars themselves and some pulling you know but you know just kind of copying the techniques you're using on the scars um doing the emotional part the healing part which i, I wouldn't have even thought would be part of it but it's it's huge i mean you know yeah. did, you do, how do
1: you, you, know, did you do this, this?
2: Yeah. Did you do the grief routine as yes.
1: well? Yeah. Yes.
2: Was that surprising was, to you? Yes. I, I really was not conscious of that. Cause again, you're talking about the disconnect between, you know, your this part of your body you just hate and you don't want to even look at it and you don't want to do anything with it. You don't want to touch it. You don't, you're just like, ew, ew, you know, and it's trying to say, Hey, wait a minute. You know, I have to understand what's happening here. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, I have to start taking care of this, you know.
1: I think that one of the things that I that has resonated a lot with my clients, especially so, since I see so many moms, is um be, that start to hate parts of their body, especially their tummy. Mm-hmm. They start to really hate it. Um as I really start I I try to have you think about like that part of your body almost as your child, you know? Like if you your child had fallen down and hurt themselves, you wouldn't run away from them and say, you're horrible, you failed, you know, know, you're you're no good, you're ugly, I hate, you know, how dare you? You know, you would actually go scoop them up, hold them in, rub Mm -hmm. their back, soothe them, kind of nurture them back. And I was like, your body deserves that same kind of care. You need to mother and nurture your own body back to health, because it has not failed you, it actually is desperately trying to give you all of your dreams and hopes and things that you want to do. But, you know, if we neglect something, then we yeah. get what we get, right? Yeah. And, and we just have to, I think it's just a mind shift of thinking, oh, I haven't thought about it like that. And then there's also a lot of pain and emotion stored in that area of our body. So that when we do start to reconnect, um. It's you know sometimes we just are scared of that pain. Yeah, it's scary, but it gets it better. Works. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, it it has. It's um, I I do have to remain conscious. You know, if if I get um a little sloppy with how I'm sitting or you know, and I my body will feel it almost right away, and I'm like ah, uh-uh, this isn't right. I can't, you know, I'm a, I'm a big sloucher, you know, a lounger, you know, just trying to remember, okay, I need to put maybe a little support on my back, I need to keep my back straight, I need to keep the muscles engaged, because I'm still, right now, I'm, I still, I think I have, um, like, one or two fingers in the middle, wide, but it's healed on the top and the bottom, That's completely, awesome. which is, amazing. I did, I did not think that that was, could ever happen. I thought, how can you heal that? I mean, cause it's not like you can go out and get on a machine and do that. I mean, that's Well,
1: the reality is the body wants to heal itself, you know, and, and a lot of what you were doing inadvertently were, was sabotaging the natural healing process of your body. So Uh we want to promote the natural healing process of your body and, um, blood flow. We say it a lot. is like this magic thing, but if you can approximate, like pull the two sides together and reinforce that, reinforce that, reinforce that, then the connective tissue starts to build new blood vessels and revascularize and strengthen and it's it's surprisingly effective and um and it's great. Did you um how long in the process were there some key things in in your rehab that really like turned the table on your back pain?
2: Um I would say it's surprisingly the biggest thing was the posturing, the massage. Those were huge. I did not think that belly massage. I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll try it, but it's you know, that, how, how could that how could that fix my back? But I mean, it did. It, it, it's within within weeks. I wasn't even halfway through the course, and the back pain went from probably a nine or ten all day, all you know, all day, all night to it was already down to like a five. And it just kept going down. Like by the time I went through toward the end of the course, you know, going through like the exercises and stuff, my back, I hardly ever even had back pain. Like it stopped, it stopped the chronic completely. And it was just occasional. Usually as if I was being sloppy with posture or with breathing or just not watching really carefully when I picked my children up, you know, to to use the right stance and posture I couldn't believe it. I just, the back pain is now, it just, it's rare. I don't yeah. have it very often.
1: Well, you know, and what's interesting is, you know, kind of what you're sharing is like, yeah, I have to be aware of this and aware of this. And what I want listeners to realize is it's less about kind of micromanaging and being like so careful so you don't throw out your back. Like we all remember that, like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. It's more about you understanding and listening when your body first has a whisper saying, That's actually a position that doesn't help your body feel good. So if you can change it now, we're not going to get into a screaming fit later. You know, it's like, it's like addressing the whisper, you know, and, and it's all about being very um, in tune with what your body is communicating. I think you mentioned earlier in, in this uh, interview that you were notorious for powering through. That was your game plan, right? You just power through. But what in powering through the two things that people tell me, powering through pain and I have a really high pain tolerance. Okay. Those two are big red flags for me. And I used to say them all the time, right? (laughs) Powering through pain means that you have trained your body that you are not going to respond unless it is going to shut you down. until like, I, I won't, I, you know, it's like driving a car with the engine light on and the brake light on. And now this lights on and now this lights on. And then it's well it crap, you know, it totally plunks on the middle of the freeway and you're mad at the car. Yeah. (laughs) So that's, that's what that's telling me is that you have like disregarded all of the signals from your body. And often Mm -hmm. we do that because we don't know what to do with those signals. Like we don't know. We think it's more complicated than it is. Right. Right. We don't know what to do with it. And we still got to clean the bathtub or we still got to mow the lawn. We still got to carry the sick baby. So we're just going to power through the, the, I have a really high pain tolerance thing is another thing that, that some people do have a really high pain tolerance. And sometimes that's a real indication that people are very disconnected from their body. Um, and have ignored small whispers of discomfort and pain for so long that all their body responds to is the really like the eight, nine, 10 out of 10. And, and that's just not, that's not like, I I liken this again as a mom is like, that would be, I only respond to my kid when they're freaking out and having a tantrum. Right. You know, right. I don't respond when they say, Hey mom, can you help me tie my shoes? You know, or Hey mom, you know, I'm thirsty and I need a drink. I only respond when they're like hysterical. <laughs> on the, fit, on the floor, right. Right? right. How would that be a really healthy, functional lifestyle <laughs> for anybody? <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of what, what they are, we're doing. Um, are you, what are you doing now? Have you, return to some kind of exercise or, or fitness. Like, because our program is not a fitness program. And we, we are not like saying, don't do exercise. We're usually in the right. beginning saying, please stop doing exercise. That's damaging you so we yeah. can build your foundation and build you back into fitness in a smart way. I know you still have two little kids. So yeah. I understand the demands of your life, but ha- have you figured out a way to, to kind of have a stronger lifestyle?
2: Yes. Um, so I've basically um, I, I, I still avoid um, a lot of like weight machines mm-hmm. at the gym because I know my proclivity is let's see how much I can do. Well, that's not healthy. So um, my approach is going to be more along um, using a um, uh, an elliptical, something mm-hmm. that is not going to be very high um energy on my joints and i can actually work i can actually have a fairly good posture i can kind of keep things more tucked in pulled in with mm-hmm. my stomach you know it's it's not so difficult to do that um so again like i'm not playing hockey or anything right um that's that's obviously gonna be like way too much um walking going on walks with my kids you know um they can ride their bikes and i walk um my, my goal i kind of want to be able to get on a bike like yeah something
1: and you feel stronger. You feel like you're yeah. not limiting all your activity because you have a nine out of 10 pain all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What What are the ages of the kids now? Uh, they're four and two and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're still in the thick of it. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I encourage you as a fellow athlete to not take hockey completely off the table. Okay. Okay, I encourage you to think a little bit longer term and think about in your mind, think about um, what are the components, what are the building blocks that would get me back to being able to do that at some capacity, coaching, Mm -hmm. um, playing on a a rec team or something like that. I know that may feel like, you know, so Mm -hmm. out there, but I'm telling you, I'm going to turn 49 this year and I swim at nationals. And I still swim butterfly. So, and I, I took like 14 years off of swimming. (laughs) So it's, it's not going to be like, oh, I'm not doing anything. And then I'm going to just go play hockey one day. But yeah. it's like, okay, what do I, what how can I simulate some of the hockey moves in my okay. fitness routine, and in the flexibility I need in my hips and my and the strength I need in my ankles, how can I like, you know, maybe go ice skating with my kids as soon as they're able to go ice skating. So I get kind of more that balance of how is my core engaged when I'm doing some of those things. Uh and slowly start kind of pulling some of those things that, you know, even doing some stuff where like, um, we would do drills when we weren't on our skates, you know, just with a a hockey stick and a tennis ball against a a wall, you know, and just kind of engaging your core while you're going through some of those moments. I really think that the muscle memory that will come back will be so encouraging and inspiring to you. And it'll feel less like a chore and more like, oh, these are some stepping stones that I'm going to do. And, you know, and you can introduce your kids to the sport, mm-hmm. you know, by doing little things with them and just do small pieces with maybe, you know, when your youngest one is five, maybe three years from now, you're mm-hmm. going to be at a point where you could do that. And I know that seems like, oh, so long, but you have a whole life ahead of you. Yeah. After your kids aren't toddlers anymore, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it was such an important part of your life that I feel like it's yeah. possible to get a portion of that back. It's going to look different. I don't, I don't swim 100 butterfly anymore. I only swim the 50 because, you know, it's still, you have those choices as an adult, but you can still take the joy of it. Right. So uh-huh. I would, I would give yourself some some like little personal goals like that and I think it could
2: be really special right. I think that, that's very helpful I'm sure worth that down um, I, I I do I kept all of my you know all my hockey equipment um, I was I was a goaltender so um, it's a lot of equipment to wear you know obviously obviously I, I could you know I could coach because you don't have to full- on equipment most of the time when you're coaching um, take my son you know skating um he I took him roller skating a couple of years ago he was only two. And he, he was on those skates for almost two hours. I couldn't get him off the skate. So, and it was my first time roller skating, you know, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I'm four years old and I'm just now roller skating. But, but
1: I think those things are fun because I think that for you exercise, I don't want it to be a chore. I want it to be something that fuels you, you know, and something that feels like uh, something that is building you up, not, another withdrawal. I always think about my body as like a bank account. You can only make so many withdrawals without making some deposits. So so choose the, the activities that are more, feel like more of a deposit into your life. And I think that even just breaking it down and even just playing outside, like getting a little area where you could just play with a, um, a hockey stick, would be fun and and that mobility of your torso and that connection to your core when you're doing some of that stuff is all stuff that's going to reinforce that core strength that you've developed but kind of bring you to that next step you know of using yeah. it for the things you love to do not just you know getting <laughs> through life without being in 9 out of 10 pain that's not my right. ultimate goal for you <laughs> i mean that's the first step of the goal get out of pain the second step is do what you love to do yeah if you, uh, one of the things that I ask a lot of my clients or a lot of, a lot of the interviews is, um, if you, is there something that you wish, if you could have told your younger self something, what would you have told you? What would you have like wished you have known earlier? Um,
2: I, I would say probably the biggest thing is, um, listen to like you you were saying the whispers of, you know, if something isn't quite right, isn't feeling quite right. The, you know the power through you know that's all fine and good at times but that was sort of like what I did I yeah, oh, right, right after my daughter I I broke two ribs and didn't even know it like because of, again I had no core strength and all I was doing well, I say all I was doing I had a garbage bag full of baby clothes and I lifted up and twisted and they snapped and I heard them and I couldn't move for a little while you know it's but but I didn't, I still, I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't do anything about it. Really. I just was like, Oh, I'll just take it easy for a little while. Not really thinking like, I, I need to pay attention to what's like, why, why did they, why did they break just doing that? Like not thinking like my core is a mess. Like I, I can't just be doing stuff like that. I need to maybe put a little more thought into what I'm getting ready to do. Like, how is this maybe going to affect my body later? You know, I think if I would have been a little more in touch with you know, pain means something. It's not just something to ignore or think, well, I'm you know, I'm fine. Um right. I, I think I I think I would have probably been a little better off um having a little more consciousness and awareness.
1: Yeah, maybe just like not giving yourself permission to not minimize your symptoms. Like I don't want people to like be like hypochondriacs, but right. to to be present and connected to your body, I think is um a valuable, valuable thing. Um did you have any concerns with the program being online? Cause you live in Ohio and we are in Washington state.
2: No, I, I, it, I had no trouble whatsoever. I had, I had it on my phone. I could pull it, pull my phone out wherever I was. I took you with me to Canada. I watched cause I'm like, I'm going to keep up with this. I need to, you know, I, was, I think I was on week four or five by the time I was up there and you know, I would just kind of run downstairs like, Hey guys, I'll be right back. I'm going to watch my thing, you know. I got to do this. I got to do my thing, and and it, that carried me actually through a lot of, um, you know, stress and lifting and things like that. And I was right at that point where it's like, okay, you know, using using the right muscles to do the right things. Um, I enjoyed I enjoyed the online, um, yeah. freedom. You know,
1: it's it's flexible. It's freedom. I think initially, I think people right now are a little bit more open to online options. But I think initially, when people think physical therapy, I need to actually go see a person in person. Um, How is this going to help me? Or maybe I've got I've done physical therapy before. And, um, you know, I know what they do. And this is different, right? It's a different approach. Um, It the way the reason it works online is how much I partner with you, in how you need to understand what's going on with your body, right? And so Yep. I'm, glad, I'm glad you, you uh, took the plunge. Um, is, <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share?
2: Um, I, I mean, I would just recommend this to, to anyone that has, you know, has that issue is, is I, I wish I would have been more educated about it, especially after the, you know, the second C-section and, and just knowing how, you know, what my body was doing, um, I, you know, I, I liked the whole, the the whole approach. It wasn't just like, breathe this way and exercise. You know, you you wanted to make sure that it was complete. It was, it was more, it was an emotional thing too. It wasn't just some physical thing that you know some exercises you were doing. I mean, it really engages your mind and your emotions, and and h- kind of just helping get that connect. Um, that I wasn't even really aware that it was gone. You know, I, I didn't even think about it, and you know, I think that complete, you know, approach of taking care of the, the emotional part as well. Um, it was, it was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. You know, I just thought, Oh, this is going to be a bunch of exercises, not, not realizing it's, you know, it's just a lot more than that.
1: Yeah. So. I think that scares some people initially when they hear that, but um, I, I firmly believe that there, it needs to be a really holistic approach and that emotionally, physically, mentally, Um, Even somewhat spiritually, it's all connected. And I think it's really important to look at all of those components because, um, you know, I'm learning more and more how much that emotional component is is involved for people. And I think that the other thing that's been really fun hearing about your story is that, you know, I, I liked hearing how your identity was so affected by you know, this process, like you really were able to identify who you were prior to this yep. kind of yep. see where you kind of lost your lost part of your identity. And then it became a chronic pain identity, which is unacceptable, right? <laughs> and, and kind of desperate. And, and, and I'm, um, I'm so glad that you've kind of come out of that. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Wow.
2: Thank you for having me on. It's been wonderful. Just kind of getting to know you a little bit, you know, because obviously I, I, I knew what you were saying on the course, but, you know, just kind of helps knowing, you know, kind of where you were coming from. And I'm just really glad you identified this diastasis problem, you know, and like what it is and how you actually fix it. And that's not just, you know, like you said, going to some gym and some boot camp and just kind of pushing yourself through it's, it requires a bit more thought and, um, you know, but, but it's still very simple and doable, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm all about making it doable. So, all right. Thank you so much for sharing and we will, uh, let you know when this is going to air. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks so
0: much. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body, and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically, and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.